0: As we constantly move forward, there is a continuing and urgent need for higher education. It's necessary for tomorrow's future and for a dynamically changing workforce. As the need for education is changing, so is education itself. Welcome to Big Beacon Radio, Transforming Higher Education, with your host, Dave Goldberg. In this program, we'll discuss the complex changes that are being made to higher education today. And we'll help you stay ahead of tomorrow if you're a student, educator, or in the workforce. Now, here is Dave Goldberg.
1: Good day, and welcome to Big Beacon Radio, Transforming Higher Education. My name is Dave Goldberg, and I'm your show host. And Big Beacon is a movement to transform higher education, bigbeacon.org. And in every episode, we explore some of the innovators and innovations that are changing the world of higher education all around us. And today, it's a great pleasure. We're joined by Janusz Kaczynski. Uh, founding Dean of the Lassonde School of Engineering at York University in in Toronto, Janusz, uh, welcome to the pro program.
2: I'm delighted to be with you, uh, Dave. Uh, I have to say that the guests you have interviewed on this show have been very impressive. So I'm I'm truly uh, it's a great honor for me to join you.
1: Well, you're in you're in you're in good company, and and uh, we're we're delighted to have you with us today. And Janusz, I became aware of Lassonde uh, a few years ago when I. Ah, uh, bumped into a, a videographer you had commissioned to prepare a movie on Lasan's notion of the Renaissance engineer, and uh, somewhat later we uh, sp- we spoke uh, together. After this, I- I'm I'm grateful. I think many are grateful for the work you're doing at Lasand.
2: Uh, we are very grateful to you, David. Uh, uh, through your outstanding work at the uh, Big Beacon and and Olin, you've been a true champion for for the change and uh, and an inspiration to all of us. At La Santé, we we look forward to seeing you at the introduction of of the documentary movie uh, you're in, and uh, it's called Let Me Do It, and we will be releasing it in October.
1: Oh, outstanding! Well, we're we are we have been waiting for it, and uh, we're excited to to hear that the launch uh, the launch date has uh, set. The uh, the international uh, first airing of 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 the movie, um, so. It, uh, you're you're a renowned interdisciplinary researcher, two-time engineering school dean, globally educated engineering educator. But let's let's hop in the time machine, and I'm I'm curious what what led you into engineering as a young man.
2: So I I was born and raised in Poland, um, and in Poland the engineering profession is is truly an uh, um, esteemed one. Um, and when you were young, as, as I was looking at, at engineering, I felt that uh, that's the profession that you, uh, that would allow you to contribute to a, a different world, to change the world, and, and it, it it was a different system in the communist system that uh, that I was living in, and changing the world was uh, truly one of our big passions. So uh, it it came uh, it came natural to to me and. Uh, um and it was also stimulated by um, uh, by by my own family i don't have an engineer in my family uh but but i have i have people uh that are multi talented that they felt that engineering is is a truly uh, profession that you need to have a variety of talents in order to to be successful so here i am i'm an engineer now
1: so you're an engineer and i so i'm hearing uh, this uh so the the uh the natural part was the the broad set of uh, talents, and I and I heard a piece in there about uh, the esteem that engineers uh, uh, were, it, were held in in your country. Uh, when you came to the West, did you notice that that was uh, was different at all?
2: It was not that different. So uh, I when I came to the United States, and and then I also uh, lived in. Canada and I lived in Germany and I lived in in France and in uh, in the UK. And so I have to say that I, I saw I was uh, able to see a pattern that uh, engineers are truly appreciated for uh, uh, for for their profession and the, the, how they practice, how they conduct themselves. After all, we all are, are professional engineers, and recently, of course, with uh, the success of, of Uh, big companies like like Apple and Google and so on, uh, the engineers are even more um, esteemed perhaps as they they had been in the past. So it's a terrific opportunity for for us uh, to show to the world that uh, the profession is able to contribute, but also it's a tremendous uh, responsibility to make sure that we're going to do it the way that uh, others are going to benefit from it.
1: Yeah, you know, so that's so interesting, and and your your cultural journey through all those different cultures, and there's some there's there's nice work comparing, contrasting the engineering cultures in different countries from Asia to the West, and different countries in the West. But um, at you know at some you know at some point, so I'm hearing this I'm hearing this idea about breadth and um, contribution and. To a certain extent, engineers haven't been educated in that kind of broad way. For the, for the most part, they've been educated for quite a long time now in a fairly narrow technical sense. It's been about math, it's been about science, it's been about engineering science, and those things are important. But at, at, the things that you're talking about at LaSonde are bigger than that. And so at what point, when did you sense that the kind of narrow technical education might not be the ticket?
2: Uh, I sensed it quite early, in fact. Um, so I, I have to say that I was educated in engineering in a different way back back in Poland. I, uh, I, I convinced my university that I should be allowed to uh, select my own pathway uh, to, to study engineering. So I had a very individual program. I was not a bad student. In fact, I was a really good student, so they allowed me to do so. So I designed an engineering program for myself um, uh, that was not only based on uh, science and design and, and technology, but I was interested in a variety of things, in 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 an um, uh, Argentinian tango, for example, in poetry, and so um, so so I was able to uh, uh, add on to a very strong scientific foundation, um, and it uh, I felt that it. Uh, it worked out all right for me, and I thought that uh, maybe it would be a good idea to spread it out, Uh, and my friends also tried it uh, the following day and the next day, so we've created a very small group of of, um, um, uh, engineers that um, uh, that were exposed to a variety of facets of what's interesting in life, not just science and technology
1: what a what a beautiful story, and uh, there's so many interesting pieces of that the the idea of of going off and doing it on your own and then getting others to do it and having a group that was that was formed around these ideas those those ideas still play today in terms of helping main, main uh, affect change in the exist, in the existing system. so um, so I'm hearing that it was fairly natural for you to think of, of, of these things based on your own education. And then as a, as a faculty member, you had a, a long career in teaching and a distinguished researcher. Um, what was it that prompted you to turn to administration and academic leadership?
2: Uh, th- so uh, you see, when when I was I, it was at, at when I was a professor at McGill University, and uh, I was the leader of, of a really large, uh, multidisciplinary and uh, multinational research group, and, uh, um, and 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 it seemed that uh, my colleagues they uh, they liked the kind of leadership that I offered, which was based on uh, um, listening to others and allowing uh, others to, uh, uh, to to truly show their talents um, and stimulating them to do so. Um, and, and, uh, and they asked me to, uh, to do a little bit more administrative work for the department and then it worked out all right. So uh, then I was asked to do something more for the university and, and it was uh, relatively successful as well. And then I felt that uh, in order to, to really uh, make a change... Uh, in in the North American system uh, the best position that you may uh, have uh, to to influence change is a dean because uh, uh, then you have direct contact with your students, with your faculty technical staff, administrative staff and you do have a responsibility for developing and delivering academic curriculum it is unlike if you are a vice president or president and so on so, um, so, so I, uh, I felt uh, like uh, the, the same way as the others that perhaps it would be a good idea uh, to to test it out, and uh, that's how it all started for me.
1: That's that's a, that's a great story too, and so, and then, and you've you've um, worked at McGill, you've worked at uh, Saskatchewan, and and. Um, now in Toronto, at, at, at York, if, if I have the history right, LaSonde was kicked off by a, a, a large gift, a $25 million gift in late 2011, and then the, to, to date, the school represents an investment of something like $200 million, a quarter of a billion dollars. What, what was the original thinking behind the gift that established Lassonde?
2: Uh, so Pierre Lassonde, he he's a Renaissance engineer himself. Um, we we may have a conversation about him next time, or maybe uh, privately. Um, uh, so Pierre was thinking about uh, establishing a legacy and uh, investing in, in in great ideas in the Canadian academia. Um, and uh, and uh, the, the, what we did is we 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 wanted to uh, um, uh, propose something new about uh, uh, what we could do at York, uh, um, and especially with, in the area of engineering and applied science. So we looked back at his life story and how um, that story reflected on who he is right now he's a chairman of Franco Nevada uh, the Corporation. It's one of the biggest gold miners in the world, and but but he is also a um, he, he, he's an art uh, collectioner, and he has got the higher the the largest art of uh, Jean-Paul Riopelle, which is a very famous painter here in, in Canada. He's uh, very much interested in uh, um, uh, in in, in uh, uh, making sure that uh, young people um, uh, have a uh, proper uh, basic education, so he's investing in that as well. Um, so we, we looked at uh, um, his life story and his pathway, and um, what we did is we felt that uh, we, we, our ideas are very similar to what uh, he's interested in. Um, he said that uh, uh, Canada's uh, natural resource is not uh, our oil or gas, it's not our minerals, it's not our forest, but it is young people. So we design uh, a program that is investing in uh, the, the next generation of the Canadian talent. In fact, I should say in the world tar- talent, because now we have students from all over the world in our school, um, uh, and we, uh, we uh, propose to him uh, the, those ideas, and... Uh, uh, that, that, were, that we summarized as, uh, as a Renaissance engineer, and he liked it very much, and uh, that's how it started. We received $25 million from him, and, and now it's, it's all worth a quarter of a billion.
1: Yeah, and so we've been using this term, Renaissance engineer, so what, 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 do, what do you mean by, by that term? What's, what's a Renaissance engineer?
2: So the idea of the Renaissance engineering, in fact, it came from uh, late uh, Claudette MacKayla lasson so Claudette was Pierre's first, first uh, wife. She was a true uh, trailblazer for engineers in Canada, and in particular, she truly shattered many glass ceilings as, as a woman uh, who defied totally the expectations in, in a male-dominated profession at that time. Uh, and it was maybe uh, thirty years ago or forty years ago, in fact. Um, uh, so she was also so she was married to to Pierre, and Pierre was very supportive of this concept. And when we started uh, from the same powerful idea that uh, Claudette had uh, had developed, and um, we then uh, turned it into something we believe is substantive and something that, that would inspire uh, um, other people as well. Now, before we decided, so we had an idea, but we didn't know exactly um, what it means and how to implement it. Um, uh, and if you don't know that, then the best way is to is to talk to the others and work with other uh, people. So we worked with uh, a, a very well-known design firm from uh, California, IDEO. Um, they helped us to tackle big questions and. Uh, um, helped us to find answers, and answers initially about themselves, and then answers about the profession, and then answers about uh, the, the meaning of the Renaissance engineering. Since then, we also created uh, something what we call a de- declaration of principles, which is based on the engagement of, with, with idea, uh, idea, and then we... Um, included in, in those uh, projects with IDEA, we included from the outset our students and donors and faculty and employers. Uh, the truth is that uh, the IDEA helped us define Renaissance engineering in 32 different ways or 32 different projects. Uh, I'm not going to talk about all of them, but the key uh, are two words that truly define Renaissance engineering for us. So that is all about passion and perspective. So we, what we do is we want Renaissance um, uh, engineers who uh, do the three things. So one is to think in, in big systems and, and not little silos, to design with people in mind and um, not being afraid to embrace ambiguity. So that's how we look at it. So with, with regards to passion, we want uh, our students and in fact our faculty members as well to explore their passions at, at the engineering school but uh, and not simply follow linear path defined by the others so that we 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 are perfectly all right if uh, their passions is going to take them um, and branch out to um, different type of activities and professions The perspective is very important because we want our students to truly understand the breadth and depth of of tough challenges. We are not afraid of taking them. And we believe that uh, there are three things that we can do at La Lasson to to create Renaissance engineers. Um, And then uh, perhaps you're going to hear from me and from my colleagues quite often, and those three things that uh, define our school and are truly priorities for our school are to, the first one is to establish a renaissance curriculum where students are able to study other subjects with lots of emphasis on law and business and uh, aspects of fine arts alongside an accredited engineering degree. Second is to, uh, if you have a new type of curriculum, you have to deliver it differently so we embrace uh, the classroom flip to give students an ability to uh, watch lectures, content, and online, and, with, uh, and when they come to campus, to focus on hands-on learning and on, on the interacting face-to-face with professors. And the third, which is very important to us, is to become the first engineering school in Canada uh, with a 50-50 gender balance. That is Truly important to, to us. Those are the three things: the Renaissance curriculum, the classroom flip, and the fifty fifty challenge.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm hearing those three things, and I'm hearing this uh, the the polarity between uh, passion and perspective. And there's an interesting. Uh, polarity in, embedded in there about challenge versus support. Um, we're we're going to need to take a little break here. And when we come back, I want to uh, talk about uh, the way in which Lassonde was not a greenfield effort and how some of the older faculty might've adapted to some of the um, uh, different things that you were doing as, as, as part of the, uh, the new initiative. So, uh, this is uh, Big Beacon Radio with special guest Janusz Kaczynski, a founding dean of Lasand uh, School of Engineering. And when we come back from the break, we'll find out more about this exciting educational startup.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Change is coming to higher education like a freight train, but transforming higher education is challenging. Full of risks and opportunities for administrators and faculty members alike. If you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom, if you are starting a brand new school or academic program, or if you'd like to boost your own career, let David E. Goldberg of Three Joy Associates help. Dave is a leading speaker, author, strategist, trainer, and coach with experience in helping bring successful change to both academic institutions and careers around the globe. To learn more. Contact Dave Goldberg today at deg at threejoy.com or go to the 3joy Associates website at www.3joy.com today. To find out more about our programs, be sure to visit our website at bigbeacon.org. That's bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to
1: Big Beacon Radio with your host, Dave Goldberg, and our guest, Janusz Kaczynski, founding dean of Lassonde School of Engineering in Canada. And and uh, before the break, Janusz, we were we were talking about these three big, big rocks, the curriculum delivered differently um, to, uh, to a gender balanced crowd to a different to a, a a different crowd. And, you know, one of the things I observe when I look at the the history of La is, you know, some people, it, it's a new school, but it's, it's a new school building on some old components. And, you know, one of the things that's, uh, challenging. So when people look at, say, an Olin College that started completely greenfield, they're envious that they didn't have any legacy um, uh, to fight. So you had some some faculty that were already on board, and I'm a little curious about what their reaction has been, and and whether they're they're all on board or whether there's uh, some some um, uh, some some debates from the old guard about the the way we do things around here.
2: So the truth is, it, it, it's it's somewhat tough, um, uh, but it, it also makes it a, a more rewarding. Um, you see, there, there's a saying that uh, the only person that really likes change is a baby with a wet nappy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, uh, so we we can see some some of it um, here. We didn't start from uh, a clean slate. We we started with uh, 1,000 students and already professors that that. They had been in the system for uh, quite a while, and if you have, um, but on the other hand, we are also hiring a hundred new professors. So, uh, so what we what, what we did is we we of course we we were uh, there were some, some there were some resistant, uh, but not hostile resistance, uh, and uh, there the, there were some um, evangelists. Who um, who you need on board, and they were helping us um, uh, tremendously. Um, but the tr- but the majority of people would always fall somewhere um, in the middle, and that that's the case with any movement, whether in politics or business or in academia. So you have to um, make sure that you're going to bring the pragmatic center along with you and give the freedom. To provide meaningful contributions to everybody. And uh, you have to spend time with your colleagues. What I had done uh, when I became the dean, I went on a uh, pilgrimage, I went to see every single faculty member in in my school. And I decided to go and see them in their offices, in in their laboratories, rather than inviting them to come to the dean's office. Nobody wants to come to the dean's office because typically it's trouble. so, um, so wh- I went there. Uh, it's it's so um, you can you can learn so many things about people if you just walk into their offices and see how they work, or to their laboratories and see how they function and, and operate. Um, uh, so what we did is we truly created this very strong foundation. we we, we continue hiring people. This year we will be hiring additional 18 of our new colleagues and those new that we hire, they know who we are, they know what we stand for and they know that they have to participate in the classroom flip. Um, uh, We created something that we call the Lasson Studio, so uh, it was uh, rather easy for other Older colleagues that those who had been already teaching engineering in a different way uh, to to get acquainted with uh, with those uh, new opportunities and we pro- provided them with with assistance overall it 's working uh, very well for our students I and mean, that 's how we measure our success if our students are happy about it. Um, that 's much more important if if, if uh, the dean or, or other colleagues are happy or not, so um, our students are are terrific uh, example for us and, uh, and and we are enjoying uh, having the, this uh, very diverse group of uh, professors in fact, if you look at our professors it 's like a United Nations, which is exactly yeah. what we want
1: yeah well and, and that 's a really interesting point and, and especially in, in in situations where you have existing faculty that if you try to convince everyone all at once to drink the kool-aid a hundred percent you're gonna fail and so it's okay that people um, don't agree with everything that's going on and and what you said about the the students and their experience um, being so important so if you're getting a positive thing there that's ultimately what changes hearts but but what is the? You know, so you said the students are 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 happy. How's that? How's that showing up in in what you've done so far?
2: Uh, so uh, my my measure of students' happiness is, is the fact that they are interested in participating in a variety of activities, uh, and that that is um, exactly what's happening in in our school. So in, in fact, we have now um, around. Uh, 1,600 students, and we decided not to be too big. So we will, we will uh, cap ourselves at around 2,000 undergraduate students, and we believe that the 2,000 graduate students is, is uh, optimal for us. We don't want to be the largest school in Canada. We don't want to be the biggest school in, um, in Toronto. We want to be the Lasson school that is uh, able to deliver uh, the, the best services and support and um, proper welcome to, to our students. And we felt that that's, that's the level that it is. For, well, let me give an example. Um, you see, when we start our uh, academic year, typically in, in engineering school, you would start uh, with... Uh, tests in mathematics, physics, chemistry to, for yeah. professors to see what is it that the students don't, don't know and rank them and so on. In our case, we start with something that we call a passion project because young people, when they come to engineering, they, they truly see through the eyes of, of those very successful companies, that, uh, the, the companies that are ch- truly changing the world. So they also come to change the world. So we tell them when they come Forget about mathematics and physics and chemistry. What is it that you're passionate about? What is your passion project? And in some cases, it could be to design a much more efficient the filtering system uh, for water, for example. Or others are creating an app to more efficiently deliver food to those uh, with more needs and they work on it for a week two, sometimes in the third week and then after a while they realize that in order for them to truly optimize this system or 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 make improvements to the efficiency and so on they have to know a little bit more about calculus they need to know more about magnetism and electricity and so on so uh, it, and they come to us and then ask those questions how they will be able to improve it. So essentially, we are introducing them to uh, the subjects that typically are considered relatively dull by students, uh, such as mathematics and so on, Um, and and we are introducing them the way that they understand why they need it, because there is a practical need for, um, for, for the knowledge that they need to have in order to help others.
1: Yeah, it's hard to understand how we got into a place where we, we took the most abstract stuff and, and said that you have to master this kind of dry and abstract material before, you know, you, we, you have to eat the spinach before you can taste the chocolate and, and to flip it around and say, all right, what is, why are you an engineer and, and why are you here and have them explore that and realize that in order to fulfill why they're in engineering, they need these things seems like a... A motivationally correct kind of way to go, and and I think we see that in we see we're seeing that in programs all over the world, and it's interesting how many different ways you can do that. People say, well, it's too expensive to do, but it, it seems as though there, there are lots of um, lots of ways to do this. Yeah, so we were talking about your 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 um, your three big rocks, and the the one that kind of sticks out, and the one that's so hard to accomplish is. Uh, the 50-50 uh, gender balance, Olin College is close to gender balance, but I don't think there are many other engineering programs around the world that, that are. So where, where are you in, in, in meeting that challenge and, and why is that so important to get there for you?
2: Yes, so indeed in, in we, 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 we've set a challenge to be the first engineering school in Canada to reach a uh, 50-50 gender balance. It's very important. It's, it's, uh, in fact, we look at it that it's, it's quite simple because we think this is the right thing to do and we believe we'll create a better engineering school producing graduates of, of all genders ready to flourish in, in the real world. We also believe that when you have men and women around the table to make decisions, the outcome is better for everyone. It's like in a family. You, you have to have a variety of, of perspectives. So um, uh, we, um, we decided to leave, with regards to this project, we decided to leave by uh, a wonderful African proverb that goes more or less like this. It says that if you want to go fast, travel alone. But if you want to go far in life, travel together. So, we decided to travel together with the others in order to achieve that goal we 've um, got a terrific um, co chairs of, of our campaign, Sandra Beje from Silicon Valley and Cathy Kay Katy is the chief anchor of BBC World News America very passionate both are very passionate about this uh, these projects and uh, we also decided to work with uh, independent colleagues, people, to identify the problem before we start coming up with solutions. So when we announced it, we, we said that we don't know what to do with it. We don't know how it's going to be achieved, but uh, we do have passion for it, and we developed a perspective, and we did the same thing what we had done with uh, idea regarding Renaissance Engineering, which is that, that we are now hiring a company that will be um, a, tr- a very good company and it will be helping us to um, to define the problem and then we together will be able to try to find solutions. It was very helpful that uh, um, Pierre Lasson decided to, to to support and he's investing um, initially around 1.5 million There uh, is direct support and we've, we've got a university and ourselves so it's it's a, b- becoming a large project that, that is def- that will define um, the character of our school, we believe.
1: Yeah, you know, and the, and this is interesting too because people have uh, tackled the uh, gender, uh, gender and racial balance problems, and in int- or tried to for years with with targeted programs and scholarships, and 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 typically, what happens is. With a lot of effort and a lot of a lot of specialized talent and specialized offices, we get a bump of two or three percent, and then after that effort goes away, it slides back to before. And so, uh, bravo for um, saying we don't know how to do this. But I, I I agree with you that that if if we get if we get the culture of engineering right for this century, that it I think it'll be naturally attractive to a much bigger top of of. And it'll be a much bigger tent um, for all kinds of people who previously were were excluded from engineering. When 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 I go around and talk to people about some of these ideas, I talk to people who said, you know, if um, I talk I talk about these things, they get excited and they say, you know, if if that had been the kind of engineering that was around when when I was a kid, I would have been an engineer. And many of these people are women, and so I, I just think you're absolutely right. If we if we get the culture right, we're gonna we're going to attract. Men and women alike, and we're not going to turn men away. We're going to have a, a, an engineering profession that's much more attractive for everybody.
2: I, I to- totally agree, Dave, um, and I also also think that, like with many other things, you have to have a, a, a variety of approaches and diversity of, of uh, projects that, that you're going to. You have to define because you never know where the breakthrough may come. What I strongly believe, however, is that uh, um, what we should try to do is, particularly with, with female uh, candidates, uh, students, we have to m- make it clear that there are a variety of uh, career pathways after your graduation, that's not true. only one, uh, so, uh, or, or, or ju- just a few. And that's what I believe is this notion uh, of Renaissance engineering and specific curriculum that is supporting this this, this uh, post graduation uh, variety of options, it's going to be uh, attractive to uh, to female students.
1: Yeah, so this is this is great, and there there are lots of things to talk about, and and um, we we we've, we've got another break coming up in a couple of minutes, but um, if you could. Um, yeah, on your startup, you, you've been in. You've been doing this now for a few years. Um, uh, if if you could bottle, say, one thing that you've learned from the work you've done so far, and spread it around the world um, to help transform engineering, higher education, professional education more generally, what what would that one thing be?
2: I'd say perhaps it's uh, creative confidence. Hmm. You see, we we. Developed five characteristics for uh, what does it mean to be a Lassonde engineer, and there are five of them. So it's to be creative and passionate and rational and confident and ingenious. Um, and and uh, we've had already two years of um, experiences, and uh, the combination of these through of creativity and uh, confidence uh it looks like that it works uh, the, uh, the the best so if you if yep. you ask me what about this one thing that uh, we should uh, try to spread out uh, spread around it would be creative confidence
1: yeah we used to want kids to shut up and sit down and do what they're told now we want them to uh be creatively confident or courageous and go out into the world and 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 do something amazing so um uh, this, this, is, this has been a good discussion, and, and uh, in the next uh, segment, we're going to be joined with a, a student to get the student perspective on, on what you're doing. So uh, this is Big Beacon Radio with special guest Janusz Kaczynski, uh, founding dean of the Lausanne School of Engineering. And in the next segment, we'll be joined by Athena Lynn, rising junior and guest commentator from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign.
0: Change is coming to higher education like a freight train, but transforming higher education is challenging, full of risks and opportunities for administrators and faculty members alike. If you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom, if you are starting a brand new school or academic program, or if you'd like to boost your own career... Let David E. Goldberg of Three Joy Associates help. Dave is a leading speaker, author, strategist, trainer, and coach with experience in helping bring successful change to both academic institutions and careers around the globe. To learn more, contact Dave Goldberg today at deg at threejoy.com or go to the Three Joy Associates website at www.3joy.com today. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive. They shake up your status quo, get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow, and move you in new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the digital world. Learn how to be the savvy leader who looks ahead to the next wave of business innovation, Digital World with Game Changers, presented by SAP on The Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Big Beacon Radio. To find out more about our programs, be sure to visit our website at bigbeacon.org. That's bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back to Big Beacon Radio with your host, Dave Goldberg. And and in this segment, I'm joined by guest commentator Athena Lennon, and and, uh, uh, Janusz uh, Kaczynski, uh, founding dean at Lassonde School of Engineering in Canada, has uh, agreed to stick around and and have a three-way conversation with us. So, I should say that uh, Athena is a student advocate for change in engineering education at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. She's a rising junior in material science and engineering, and she's also chair of a new organization called Students for a Whole New Education, or SWNE, S-W-N-E, an organization that brings students together from around the globe to advocate for the kinds of changes that are taking place at La and and elsewhere. Welcome to the show, Athena.
3: Thank you so much for inviting me onto the show, Dave. Um, It's such an honor to be here with both of you, two highly accomplished and respected professionals.
1: Well, and... And uh, it's great to have you here, and and I really respect the kinds of things that that you're trying to do and that uh, you found your voice to stand up and and call for change in engineering education. So before we dig into the first two segments, I want to get your take on some of the things that Janusz has has been talking to us about. But uh, before we move ahead, uh, tell us about Sweeney and why it's important to you and why it might be important to other students and educators.
3: Of um, course. So, students for a whole new education is an initiative that Big B can launch this year, and our main goal is to empower students to become change agents in engineering education. And we really want to keep students central to change efforts. Um, and our, our main or another of our big goals is to bring students together from around the world who are united by the challenges that they face um, in this education system that continues to resist change. And Sweeney is personally important to me because it's given me the opportunity to connect with students around the world who are also interested in thinking about education differently um, and who are also excited to explore new possibilities um, for the future of higher education. I love being a part of this community um, that really has the courage to stand up for what they believe in and are also passionate about yeah. transforming education. Well, you know um, one, of really that, me-
1: one of the things that you, you mm-hmm. told me about that... Uh, was so interesting is that you were, you know, as you got together with students in many different countries that you were sharing some of the, the stories of disempowerment and ways in which your engineering professors kind of told you things that, that kind of turned you off to engineering or, or, or made you less likely to stick with engineering. Um, can you say a little Mm -hmm. bit about that?
3: Yeah. So, um, I think that, um, in engineering education, it can be hard for students to feel like they have a voice yep. um, because so much of edu- higher education is operates um, kind of like a bureaucracy where um, where the voices that are valued and the voices that are heard are are selective and I think um, especially in the u s it 's been hard for some students to feel like like their voices can be heard um, and i 've heard many students we 've taught we there's very informal conversations that go on about Um, education about change and about things that we wish could be different Um, but it's but it's hard to take those to take our thoughts there and channel it into something productive and bring it to a broader audience and bring it to an audience that will value the kinds of things that we want to share
1: yeah beautiful so um Anyway, and Maybe. we'll give you a chance towards the end of the segment to let people know how to find out more about uh, Sweeney, but um, mm-hmm. we've been listening to Janusz talk about uh, the startup of LaSonde and the notion of a renaissance engineer and renaissance engineering education, and so I'm curious, uh, your take as a student, from a, 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 a student perspective, what, what are some of the one or two key takeaways that you heard in, in listening uh, to Janusz in the first two segments?
3: Well, I think what was very powerful listening to Janice talk about the Renaissance engineer um, and the thing that perhaps resonated with me the most um, was the idea that it can really provide students with a different conception of engineering um, and a different conception of engineering identity. And I feel like engineering is a really broad field um, that can go in so many different directions, but I feel like uh, many people may have a narrow conception of what they feel an engineer is and as a result, many students may not necessarily identify with that narrow conception. I've um, met many engineering students who have varied interests outside of um, their technical courses, and sometimes it may feel like these interests aren't always supported by the curriculum. Um, and so I feel like the, the Renaissance engineer is so powerful because it creates a space for students who, are willing, who want to redefine what engineering is to them and who are then able to take that definition and, um, and identify with their discipline. And I think that could be very pow- a very powerful instrument in um, student retention and in, and in helping students um, remember their the motivation for becoming yeah. an engineer in the first yeah. place.
1: Yeah, so that's really nice. So the idea that this sort of narrow identity of an engineer broadening out the whole notion of a Renaissance engineer being allowed to do many different things and for people to find themselves and de- the different... Uh, um facets of engineering I, I want to come back i want to come back to you, athena and get some of your other uh, big takeaways but uh Janusz, do, you, do you have a comment on what athena just said just now
2: by the way so athena was able to articulate it uh, so well much better than many of us <laughs> um, i have to say that I, I i can offer um uh, athena um, an admission to la LaSonte right away on <laughs> <laughs> on, on the spot. it would be absolutely terrific to to have you with us. Uh, but um, I, I, we're we're going to have this uh, um, introduction of our. Of, of our new um, movie about uh, the, the renaissance-ness in engineering. Uh, Let me do it. Mm-hmm. Dave is on that movie as well. Uh, I'll be delighted to invite you, Latina, to, to come either to Toronto or to Silicon Valley because we're going to have um, uh, an introductory session there as well. Um, and, uh, and be happy to, uh, to, to, to show it to you and make sure that you have an opportunity to offer such a terrific comments as you, you just had done.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Janice. So, oh, and then an a, Athena. What? You know, so, um, what? Uh, so you. So I. That, that portion on identity. I think, as Janish was saying, mm-hmm. you said it so well. What? What else did you hear in, in some of the discussion of the startup and how things were going at at uh, LaSonde that that uh, resonated with you?
3: Yeah. Um. So a, a theme that I noticed emerged from several different stories that Janish shared was the idea of having a goal. Um, but not necessarily knowing how to get there, and admitting mm-hmm. that um, that you're not sure, and that and asking for help and guidance, and um, finding the solution. And um, and I was wondering how um, at Lasan how um, pe- how you encourage students to embrace this ambiguity um, and not be afraid of failure in reaching your solution. Um uh,
2: By the way, it, it's it's another. Great point that you are raising. Uh, I have to say that it was we were stimulated uh, with regards to uh, this notion of not um, being afraid to say that we don't know the answer. Uh, we were stimulated by a variety of of uh, things, including by what uh, some time ago Richard Branson uh, said, and I was at his speech. He said, "Screw it, let's do it." Uh, the, rather than preparing a lot for it, you, you, if you are passionate about something, and you, if you do have intent, great intentions, and you have a, a group of people that are going to help you, uh, and if it makes sense from the educational perspective, then that's what we that's what we had done. We we were not afraid of not knowing the answers because we knew that we will be able to find them together with others and uh, together with people like like. You,
1: Dave, and, and and Tatina. Yeah. Well, you know this whole notion of not knowing the value of not knowing and and uh, elevating and not knowing is sort of, is the antithesis. We we've emphasized expertise and knowing um, so mm-hmm. much the, to go get a PhD is a. Um, is, is an act of, of saying, I commit to knowing what can be known in some some fairly narrow area. And so to educate in this different way where, where we value not knowing and the exploration is in many ways the antithesis of what we valued in the past. And I think part of what makes the challenge of, of bringing this kind of education to fruition uh, so difficult. Uh, we're going from really knowing and telling as a professor and students sh- shutting up and listening to almost it's very opposite. Uh, Janish, comment.
2: Yes. So, so uh, yes, not knowing and not being afraid of it. That's yeah. that's very important. Mm-hmm. And I think that the future w- will be more uh, less about answering questions, but more about questioning answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, and and again, I strongly believe that uh, the young people like Atina uh, that. They have a, a lot of terrific answers that, that uh, our generation perhaps um, may not be as easy to come up with. So, uh, so, so we should not be afraid of embracing uh, the, these, these young people and giving them an opportunity to, uh, to flourish. I, my, my suggestion to Atina would be that please don't, don't listen to your um, engineering professors too much. Well, you have to listen to them. Somehow, no no doubt. You, um, the, the important thing is to develop your own ideas and to your, your own concepts, and then interacting with professors and telling them how um, passionate and likely confident you are uh, about certain ways that you would like to see um, uh, in, uh, implemented in, in, in engineering programs.
1: Sounds like good advice, Athena, your comment.
3: Yeah, Jonas. So I just um, want to say that it's very inspiring to hear um, to hear from from someone who is um, held in such high regard in higher education, who values um, these student voices, and who um, is ex- is excited about incorporating them into um, into your higher education program. I um, um, yeah, definitely appreciate it, and I've definitely enjoyed listening to you during this um, this entire episode.
1: Yeah, and and Athena. So, and you were listening there pretty intently, and what. Uh, What uh, big question came to your mind as you were uh, listening to Janusz talk before that you'd like to hear him talk about?
3: Um, um, I was interested in learning more about this process of becoming a Renaissance engineer. Um, That's something that I find very interesting. Um, How Uh, students come in and how they engage in
2: their community.
1: Um, What's the process of becoming a Renaissance engineer at Lausanne?
2: yeah so so as as always we we start with uh, with ad- admissions, but our admissions are totally different uh, and we do not say that we are admitting students only with uh, an average of eighty five and plus or eighty seven plus and so on. Um, we admit students based on who they are and they are human beings with uh, passions and uh, um, with talents uh, and, and with uh, the, the grades from high schools but also only those grades are only one element for us. So we do look at a variety of other, um, uh, uh, other characteristics of, of, uh, of young people. We ask people to uh, tell us why is it that they want to study engineering and some of them they sent us a poem Others, uh, uh, a short video and or or a uh, yeah. clip of of a music. So we are looking at uh, um, looking at them as uh, as a whole, which is which is something what David had written in his book. And we took a lot of those concepts in our admission process. We do meet with individual students as well because there is no replacement for face to face conversation. That's how we start. Yeah. And, then, and then we follow with, uh, with, with passion projects, and then we follow with a variety of, uh, of activities. We want students to learn via um, what they are doing. There is another very nice um, saying. It says that, uh, uh, tell me, and I forget. Show me, and I remember. Let me yeah. do it, and I will understand. We want our students to do it. We are letting them do it.
1: Yeah, and and so this is a great uh, dialogue, I, I, Janusz, We you know so we've got uh, an articulate uh, uh, student advocate on 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 the show with us. What what uh, what question do you have for her?
2: So my question would would be um, about your current feeling about the current uh, curriculum and the current way how we are educating you as a young person. I mean you. I'm sure you came to you selected this particular program because of something in your life, some previous uh, uh, pathways. And then, uh, is it fulfilling enough? Is it satisfying currently? What What is your opinion?
3: Mm, yeah. So um, I definitely appreciate the education that I've had. Um, I feel like the most um, the reason for my um, for my persistence, my program is largely the people that I've met, the people that I've surrounded myself with, and the people who continually support me. Um, and the reason I became interested in engineering education was that there were some aspects of my education that I felt very different from what I expected. Um, I had become in- interested in engineering through many outreach events that I was involved with um, before college. And when I came into college, I was expecting a lot more um, similar things, a lot more um, hands-on experience. Um, and I think that was That beginning part was lost on me, um, and and as a result, I just had a lot of questions about education and if things could be done differently. Um, But so that's why it's it's always really such as, like, the Lisbon School um, and hearing about how people are questioning the current state of engineering education and how they're planning to bring education innovation um, to institutions around the world.
1: Yeah, so we're we're coming uh, near the end of the show here, and I want to give you both a chance to sort of point back to um, the things that you're uh, doing, uh, Janusz. You've got a brand new building and and uh, uh, some cool curriculum innovations. How do people find uh, briefly? How do people find out more about uh, um Lassonde and and, um, and 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 your premiere of the movie and so forth?
2: Uh, that, yes, indeed. The david we we do have this new building, and we will be happy to show it to all those who are interested in coming to Toronto and and seeing it uh, it's uh, it 's a building with zero lecture halls and perhaps another interesting and controversial subject to talk about uh, next time. Uh, but if people want to find out more about La Sonde and, and about our building and about our students it's uh, the web, our website is is uh, um, you will be able also to read about it, at uh, Huffington Post, and of course, uh, we've got Facebook and Twitter and YouTube.
1: Great. And then um, we'll give you the last word, Athena. How do, how do people find out more about uh, uh, Sweeney and the, and the work that you're doing?
3: Uh-huh. So we're in the process of redesigning Big Beacon's website. But soon Sweeney will have its own page there at bigbeacon.org. And for the time being, we have blog posts on there and we have hosted Twitter chats. Um, I'm also more than happy to talk with any students or stakeholders in education who are interested in learning more. My um, email, can, I can be reached at athena at bigbeacon.org or I'm on Twitter at AALIN16. We need as many collaborators as possible to disrupt the status quo. So I'm, I'm more than happy to talk with anyone.
1: Great, thank you, and so uh, thank you both for uh, being, being on the show and I think we've had a great conversation and learned, learned a lot so uh, you've been listening to Big Beacon Radio Transforming Higher Education with Dave Goldberg special thanks to our guest uh, Janusz Kaczynski founding dean of Lassonde School of Engineering and guest commentator Athena Lynn of the University of Illinois join us next month when we discuss the role of entrepreneurship and venture funding in higher education with venture capitalist Daniel Pianko of University Ventures
0: Thank you for tuning in to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Please join David Goldberg soon for another edition. New episodes are heard every month on the Voice America Business Channel. For additional information about our programs or to find out about the next show, please visit bigbeacon.org. We'll talk again very soon.